This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today on Valley Views, we're visiting with Linda Poole, Executive Director of San Isabel Land Protection Trust. She's been in the Valley for a year and a half in that position and comes to us from Montana. Linda, welcome to the program. Thank you, Gary. It's good to be here. A little bit about your background. This is the first time on the show for you, so welcome. Thank you. Uh, you were a uh, sheep rancher I up am. in Montana. I am. I still do. Now, what I, is that about? How does that work? Well, you know, my background, I grew up on a ranch in eastern Washington and have done that all my life and transformed that into a 35-year career with the Nature Conservancy and other conservation groups. And when the time came that I was able to buy some land, I had learned that uh, that well-managed livestock can be one of the best tools that there is for recovering land at the same time supporting a community. So practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. I raised some sheep. How many sheep does it take to make a sheep ranch? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that depends upon who you ask and where you're at. I, I run about 100 ewes. Okay. Yeah, so in the springtime, there's two or 300 sheep running around, and this time of the year, back down to 100 or so. It's a postage stamp for Montana, where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Typical ranch size up there is 20,000 acres. Mm-hmm. But the principles transfer across, and really interested in the agricultural and conservation work that happens down here in the Wet Mountain Valley. So let's talk a little bit about San Isabel. Uh, We've certainly talked about that on this program before, but it's been a while. Uh, Go back to the basics. What is uh, San Isabel Land Protection Trust? We're a 501c3 nonprofit conservation organization, and our main purpose in, in life is to protect land in perpetuity through voluntary legal agreements with landowners that they're very flexible, they're tailored to what each landowner wants, but in general they limit development and incompatible commercial uses to conservation values such as open space, water, land, wildlife, recreational value, things like that. How many pieces of property are under your umbrella right now? We have 133 different easements, protecting about 41,000 acres of land and over 60 miles of streams Mm -hmm. across a four-county area. So we work not just in Custer County, but also in Huerfano, Fremont, and Western Pueblo. So take us back to the history of San Isabel. How old is it? How did it get started? There's a tremendous history behind this organization. 25 years old. Um, Some of the People in this community, including Ben Kettle, years ago, recognized that this is a wonderful place to live and that Colorado is going to attract all sorts of people. And so through county zoning in different ways, they started to address that. But people like Randy Woods and Perry Morse, Bill and Smokey Jack, Paul Snyder and his wife Marty, a lot of different people recognize that in addition to zoning, regulatory approaches, incentive-based approaches are important too. And so they developed the idea of the land trust. In 1994 and 1995, they put together the structure and the corporation so that they could hold land under easements. We are an accredited land trust through the Land Trust Alliance, uh, which really makes a difference. And we were one of the first accredited land trusts in Colorado. Um, Building on 
on that background, the next thing that happened was understanding that there can be a chasm, whether it's real or perceived, between newcomers and old timers, between the agricultural community and the conservation community. And one of the things that that was really excellent about the early years of San Isabel is that there was also the formation of the Custer Heritage Committee, I think was the name of it. And uh, that was Randy Russ, Keith Hood, and others that interacted with San Isabel and together being able to use the tool of conservation to invigorate the community, hang on to the qualities of this very special place in a way that could help it stay special for future generations. So after a quarter of a century, what are your major accomplishments? Well, the land that we have under easement is certainly important. And you said 130-some. 133 easements, 41,000 acres, Mm -hmm. and a lot of good water rights and stream frontage in that good wildlife habitat. That's the numbers when people talk in conservation. It's always about bucks and acres. Mm -hmm. But really, in terms of what makes San Isabel special, the more important things that that we have is um, tremendous integrity and deep, sound relationships that are broad-based. And we have an understanding, after all this time, of the tools and the processes that are necessary for long-term success. Mm -hmm. And I think that's really our biggest accomplishment and what sets us up for the future. So a lot of people have talked about the future. Uh, As we face that future, what do you see as the biggest challenges and opportunities for conservation in this region? Well, challenges and opportunities are two sides of the same coin. And I think that it's easy to be overwhelmed by things like the population growth that's coming our way. But some of the predictions are that we'll have 30% growth. Some are that we will double in size within the next two to three decades. And either one of those numbers are pretty scary given the water scarcity that we have and so much of what we love here is dependent upon open space. Another thing that is undeniable is that it is getting hotter and drier here. Recent science has shown that in some parts of Colorado, there's already been a 30% reduction in stream flow. Mm -hmm. So we are facing a water scarcity future. So what does the changing face of Colorado mean to the operation of San Isabel, easements are a lot tougher now. The, the, the low-hanging fruit's been picked. Uh, will you be changing the way you work uh, to conserve the land? Well, our, our vision will stay the same, and that's that forever this place will be a beautiful, wild working landscape with strong agriculture as a foundation, abundant wildlife, flowing water, vibrant communities and economies that build on rather than compromise all these qualities that we love. So our vision is the same, but our tools are going to be a little different. Of course, we'll continue with easements. And yes, a lot of the low-hanging fruit has been plucked, but there's a lot of good work that still remains. There are people in the land trust community who say that land isn't protected, any land not protected in the next 10 years in the Rocky Mountains will be subdivisions. So Mm -hmm. the choice is an easement or a subdivision. I don't know that I totally feel that way, but easements will continue to be important. And it's not just obtaining new easements. 
what we understand is that when we have an easement, we have a forever commitment to the landowners on that property. Forever is a long time, so that's really something to think about. Though San Isabel is dedicated to the environment, you still talk a lot about strengthening the community and the economy. Why is that, and how does that fit together? Well, if we go back to those challenges and opportunities, and then if you think about if you had a one tool, and that's an easement, we can't address the challenges and opportunities with just that tool. And so what we have understood through strategic planning with San Isabel and current and past uh, leaders of San Isabel is that moving forward is going to require a different way of doing business. And a big part of that is collaboration, working with other people, finding common interests, developing shared programs to move forward. Another part of that is engaging young people more than we have in the past, dealing with that potential dearth of stewardship um, capabilities as we go forward. And none of this works unless our economy works. Mm -hmm. There's always exciting things going on over at San Isabel. What are the main projects that you're working on now? It is an exciting time at San Isabel. We have really focused into what we're calling regenerative conservation. So not just conservation, freeze frame, preserve what you have right now, which is what easements do. They allow Mm -hmm. the existing uses to go forward while precluding other uses that would challenge that over time. So that's a freeze frame thing and it has its part, but regenerative conservation in our mind is about coming up with practices that heal the earth, that heal our economies, that keep our communities whole and diverse and resilient. And so we have a sustainable waters program now that Valda Tarod's heads for us. Mm-hmm. I think you talked with her recently. We, we just interviewed last week, yes. Yeah, yeah. So. Valda is is helping us think about a sustainable water future. Part of that is smart growth. Mm-hmm. Part of that is understanding hydrology and lithology and geology and all those, how science really informs us about what constrains our ability to have a high quality of life here. So that's one piece of it. Mm-hmm. Another is collaboration around specific projects. And the first one we have coming now is the Bluff Park. That would have been very unusual in the early days of San Isabel to, to have a park. But, but now that's uh, what you have. And you have a meeting coming up. Uh, what, when is that and who would you like to attend that? Mm-hmm. I'm glad you're. I'm glad you're bringing that up, Gary. The meeting will be Tuesday, October 29th, at the Cliff Lanes Community Room, and also, if the weather permits, on the park itself. It'll be from 1 to 5 p.m., and it's what we're calling an open park event. So. Anytime during that period of time, we encourage people to come in. Mm-hmm. Be and, and anyone is welcome. You're looking for community input. It's important that everybody who cares about the park and has and has input that they want heard, that they come. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to make that really easy by having the doors open that entire four-hour period of time, come after work. And then those ideas will be coalesced into We'll capture every word, every idea. We're going to have maps. People can sketch out their ideas about the Bluff Park, what they want to see, what they don't want to see. We're trying to gather the full input of the community. 
we're going to have some presentations, just some uh, visual presentations from the members of the Bluff Park Committee, which will then be taking the, the input from the community through a series of community-wide meetings and developing a plan. The Bluff Park Committee is the group that is uh, thinking about the future of the park through a generous grant of the Laura Jane Musser Fund. And that grant allows the Bluff Park Committee to sponsor a series of community meetings over the next six to eight months that will gather all the input that the community has about where they want the park to be, how they want it to interact, who should be part of it. And then we will develop a vision from that and then a stepwise plan of how to get the money and get the park into the circumstance that we want. The members of the Bluff Park Committee, uh, which include the town of Westcliff, CART, Dark Skies, Sturmer Family Investments, and San Isabel, the Bluff Park Committee really needs input from the full community about what they want to see. And it's not just, do you want to have more parks at the, at the or more benches at the park? It's really about what role could that property play in strengthening our community mm-hmm. and how can we collaborate? So going back to who San Isabel is becoming, collaboration and looking forward into prospects that strengthen our community, what role could the Bluff Park play in that? So let me remind folks, that meeting is from 1 to 5. It's an open house. You can come any time during that. Next Tuesday, the 29th, at Cliff Lanes. Right. Linda, as we run out of time, how else might people get involved? I think that it's so important for people at this stage in time to participate as much as they can in the broad variety of meetings and groups that coalesce around issues that face our community. And it might be water, it might be weeds, it might be the school system, it could be the bluff. But it's good to have everybody's voices heard. And the views, Valley Views, the name of this, you know, the name of this program, making Mm -hmm. sure that views are heard and shared. Another is to support and interact the town councils, the county commissioners and other decision makers when they're engaging on issues that you care about or can contribute to. And, of course, we always we always welcome people who want to volunteer or donate or just come in and talk with us at San Isabel. Mm hmm. Linda, thanks for stopping by today. Thank you for having me. It's been great, Carrie. We've been visiting with Linda Poole, Executive Director of San Isabel Land Protection Trust. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m., and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 